We walk in, and this other, there's a three-seater couch, and one girl is seated on the right side. The girl who opened the door that I know, she's like, oh, do you want to sit down? So I sit in the middle, and then she sits on my left. So now we're on a line, and just making small talk before the threesome. You know, this is... Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. <laughs> and each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a tale of a night that got away. And this week, we're going to be focusing on missed cues. <laughs> Specifically, when it comes to awkward hookups, things like that, just not reading the room correctly. We have the very funny Vic Pandio in, in studio with us. Cause he's going to answer questions about this hilarious story that he told on the show involving a... Three-way, a botched three-way, if you will. <laughs> the word botched usually comes into play in our, our episodes a lot. Your debacle. <laughs> you know, I, I love when you have, like, a sexual liaison that just, <laughs> like, like, you're using terms that you would say for, like, when a work of art, like, has paint thrown on it. <laughs> like, like, it was more than a mispainting, more than a mistake. It was a debacle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Then later on, we're going to do break down some of the science of why uh, people tend to misread the room and misread uh, cues, if you will, when it comes to uh, sexual feelings. And finishing off, we've got another quick little tale from uh, an anonymous Mary Irish. <laughs> Mary Irish Catholic. I am with the host and creator of Blackout Diaries, Sean Flannery, a man who dedicated a lot of his career life to the science of beer goggles itself. That is true. That yeah. is true, CJ. And we'll we'll take a deep dive in it later in the episode. But uh, I had a, a one man show that was um, that was a core part of it. Like we mm-hmm. look into the uh, the science of drinking, and uh, I'm pretty sure the science was right because uh, after the show, like so many people would come up to me and be like, "I really feel like you've explained myself." <laughs> like, 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 like almost like <laughs> like I had just given them an like a almost the way when you hear adults when they're finally diagnosed with autism or ADHD it's like my whole life finally makes sense why I do what I do you know <laughs> and I'm co-hosting here That's with right. CJ Sullivan yeah. a man who is eminently qualified for this off your old haunts at Galway Bay where you used to close it many nights I think you probably saw uh, a thousand relationships start and end at the corner yeah. of that yeah part. yeah yeah you could see it it's, it was always great read from great across the room and uh place I, I used to, they I used to take take bets I used to set the lines on where the hookups would be and where they would not and um I would come across very well and uh, it wasn't it, it wasn't hard to it wasn't hard to see who was uh Barking up the wrong tree, if you will, and <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. But without further ado, let's open up another chapter in the Blackout Diaries and hear from the great, hilarious Vic Pandia. Oh, keep it going for your host, everybody. Let Sean hear it. Yeah, man, that uh, that big city text triggered me. That that place took my fucking ID in college. <laughs> I hate that. That's how you know the show's been going for a while. That was from like an iPhone 3 screenshot. You guys saw that? That was 
Yeah, that was deep, man. No, it's good to be here. I'm excited. I want to tell you guys a few different stories. I, this is the thing. When Chicago shut down and all the bars closed, you had to get creative about where you drank, right? So I got drunk at the planetarium, uh, <laughs> which, which if you don't know what the planetarium is, it means not a bar, okay? Which doesn't make sense, because museums and zoos have alcohol, but apparently space? Show some respect, okay? This is the final frontier, not Tiger King, all right? You guys remember Tiger King? It was like three quarantines ago when it was fun. You guys remember that? <laughs> I don't think they should allow alcohol at zoos because the animals already have to watch us be free. Now they have to watch us have a great time. It's so disrespectful, right? It's definitely an American thing. We don't learn culture unless there's alcohol involved, right? I try to get one of my friends to go to this thing called Zoo Lights in Chicago. You guys know what it is, right? Yeah. And his first question was, what's in it for me? I was like, the animals, seeing them, learning about them. And he just stared at me blankly until I finally said, well, you can also get pretty fucked up. He goes, you had me at fucked up. Leave with that next time. I'm like, why are we like this as a society? You know, this is not good. I'm not any better, by the way. Whenever I get invited anywhere, my first question is always, what do the liquor and appetizers look like? Not who's going to be there, what the activity is. Because the better the liquor and appetizers are, the less ever their detail matters. You ever been to a funeral with an open bar? Pretty fun, okay? <laughs> But nobody talks about that. They're always like, sorry for your loss. Yeah, we lost Cheryl, but we gained these hors d'oeuvres, okay? So, stop being so negative. The quarantine really changed my drinking habit. I thought a lot about my drinking. You know, it really changed me a lot. Like, I realized it, I don't drink for other people, which sounds positive, right? But what I mean by that is I don't need other people around <laughs> when I drink. Less positive. That's a horrifying realization. Because up until then, I thought I liked drinking because of the social aspect. Turns out, I just like to get fucked up, you know? <laughs> Which I can do from home. I don't need to start a group chat about it. It's amazing, you know? Because the most annoying thing about drinking is, like, going out. You got to have a DD. It's expensive. Every drink is on the house when you're at your house, you know? <laughs> Plus, it's just like a real bar. Because when I get drunk, I text all my exes. It's the same thing, you know? <laughs> if I want to feel like there's company there, I put on a podcast, you know, really just make it... <laughs> But I don't think people my age are supposed to find this out about drinking this early in life, you know? Like the other day, I found myself sitting on my porch drinking, just yelling racial slurs at children. And I was like, man, this feels 30 years too soon. You know, this... <laughs> don't worry. It was, uh, I, I was, you know, wearing overalls and I had a gun. It was, uh, I mean, how was it going to wear with those racial slurs? You got to have the gun, you know? Yep. Don't worry. It was a super soaker and all my neighbors are white. It's fine. Uh... <laughs> I was like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. But since all my neighbors are white, what I was yelling at these kids was very different. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, these fucking crackers keep moving to our neighborhood and lowering the school district test scores. I wish they'd just pack up their Supers and leave. You know, I wish they'd, wish they'd do that. <laughs> but that made me reflect on my life and my, my, some of my drinking stories. And I want to tell you, the big story I want to tell you guys is, so when I was, uh, when I was in college, um, I had my first threesome in college, okay? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it wasn't great. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. You know, it wouldn't be... I'd be doing this on The Tonight Show. Very different. Uh, no, it was... So this is the thing. You, as a guy, I think we, we watch so much porn coming up, right? That you, like, you're like coming up like we're being... This is a big thing, you know? But we do. We watch a lot, and you, you have an image of what a threesome is supposed to be. There's a, first of all, there's a lot of space and openings. You know, that's not the case in real life, all right? 
Anyway, this is what happens. I, I was hooking up with this girl for a while, and, and, and it was very casual. And, and one day, you know, it, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And we were both like out. It was one of those college relationships where you only meet after like 10 p.m. You know, it was like one of those. Yeah, love, as I call it. But, <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. And this is the thing. So she texts me this kind of standard text. We're going to meet up. And then she goes, hey, do you want to come over? My friend and I are here, and we, we want to have a threesome. And I was like, I had just gotten home, I had just gotten pizza, and I was like, I don't feel, this doesn't feel right. You know, this doesn't, like I was just, I was home and I was kind of coming down from the drinking, you know, I had gotten this amazing slice of pizza, and I was like, I should, I felt something in my, I was like, I don't want to do this, I shouldn't do this, but being a dumb dude, I was like, a threesome, though, you can't say no to a threesome, right? So, yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> he sounded like exactly like me, he slurred his speech the whole time, yeah, yeah, he was... That's how I said it, too, but I texted it. It was just like, no, I'll be over in a second. <laughs> so I go there. I get to the, the house, right? I, I knock on the door. They open it, and the girl I know... So I don't know this other person, right? So the girl I know, who I've been hooking up with for a little bit, she opens the door. Now, we walk in, and this other there's a three-seater couch, and one girl is seated on the right side. The girl who opened the door that I know, she's like, oh, do you want to sit down? So I sit in the middle, and then she sits on my left. So now we're on a line and just making small talk before the threesome. You know, this is... <laughs> it looked like the opening of a sitcom. You know, it was like the standard shot. It was just... It was so weird. And, and then, like, I don't know, like, how to, you know, initiate this. I don't know what's going to... Because they also, they were pretty drunk, too. So we're all just kind of sitting there chatting. And then <laughs> about five minutes in, I get a text. And I take my phone out. And they're, we're all just staring straight ahead. And it's the girl I know. She goes, would you just hurry up and fuck us already? And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, and it was very intimidating. So then I was like, all right, well, do you guys have like an, an area that we're going <laughs> to... I was like, do you, I don't know. You have to put a tarp down? I don't know what's happening, okay? I didn't... Yeah, so she goes, why don't we... <laughs> she goes, we're going to go in the bedroom. Why don't you join us in a second? So I was like, okay, cool. So again, now it's stressful again because I don't know when to enter. I don't know if it's too soon, you know? I don't want to... I don't want to... So I wait, you know... I set a timer. I wait a little bit. I, <laughs> I wait like two minutes. And then I go in, and these, they are going at it, all right? They are, yeah, and again, not like porn where there's a lot of space. These people are glued together. And so, yeah, they are really, really going at it. It's hot. It was hot. But here's the thing. I'm like, okay, when do I get involved? So I, I, I'm like, do I take my clothes? Like, I was just waiting. I had my full, fully clothed, okay? They're naked. So I'm, <laughs> I take my clothes off, and I'm, I'm a very OCD person, so I folded and put them in the corner. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm drunk, but I'm not a savage, okay? So, I got nice clothes. Yeah. So I put them in the corner, and then I'm, it's a, it's a queen bed, so there's not much room. So they're kind of in the sense, so I lay next to them as they're, like, going at it. So I'm just, I'm on my back. And I'm like, like looking over, and they're just like really, and and so, I literally at one point I tapped twice. I was like, it's my turn. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know. And then the girl I know gets up to go to the bathroom. So now it's me and a stranger. Yeah. And then, but then this girl was clearly not interested in hooking up with me at all. She just wanted to hook up with a friend. So she 
swings her feet to the side of the bed, so now we're sitting side by side, naked, on the bed. And then my friend comes back in, and she's like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I think we're doing a podcast. I don't know what the fuck... I don't know what's happening, you know? And... And then they start going at it again, and again, no, like, no consideration, you know? I'm, I'm here, you know, I was available. But then it's, it got so uncomfortable that at this point, I'm like, they wanna hook up with each other. I don't think I'm supposed to be here. They just needed me to do that with each other. And I'm like, that's cool. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna leave, right? This is uncomfortable. Now I'm starting to sober up. Now I'm realizing how uncomfortable this is. So I get up, and I had to get my clothes. <laughs> so I pick my clothes up from the corner and just like, I don't want to get dressed in the room. <laughs> so I kind of back away with my clothes in my like, hands and I go to the couch <laughs> and then I put my clothes back on. And I don't want to like, it's Chicago. I don't want to let the, like I got to lock the door behind me. It's an unsafe neighborhood. <laughs> so I was like, uh, all right, I'm taking off. <laughs> and I, I go back in the room and I go back in the room and I kind of like to let them know I'm leaving, I'm like, I try to like announce my presence. I was like, <clears throat> I try to clear my throat, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so nothing. They're just they're having a good time. So I leave and I, I get my Uber and I, I leave and I'm, it's like this this Uber ride, it it just, it changed my life. I mean, I was like driving home and I was like, I need to stop drinking, dude. I need to fucking. <laughs> I uh, I walked around Chicago for like an hour at like three in the morning. I was just like, what am I doing with my life, dude? This is. And then I started doing stand-up comedy. That's uh, that's how I that's how I started. But guys, my name is Vic Pony. That has been my story. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. You just heard a hilarious story from Vic Pandya, who is now with us in the studio. Vic, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I, hilarious is, is for the audience. I think for me it's sad. but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that might be true for 90% of the stories at the Blackout Diaries. That's a good Diaries. point. Sad, yeah, sad and hilarious are the same thing in our, yeah. uh, in our I show. Mean, comedy our equals trauma, right? I mean, that's definitely... <laughs> <laughs> Because, well, like, you know, it, how many drinking stories do you ever, like, uh, like uh, use phrases like, that was well played, yeah. like, that was clever, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, right. like, like, they're all just, like, uh, missed, a t like, that was an exit I should have gotten yeah. off at that I just missed, like, <laughs> yeah. that was, I totally misread that room, you know. Yeah, they're all sad when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. And that the, the key here is we don't like to think you just, about just it. We keep just keep like drinking. I think is the key. Yeah, right. Jim Jeffries has that great thing. He's like, I hate sober people because all their stories end with, and then I got home. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, speaking of which, you started off before you got into uh, your hilarious torrid tale of the mystery way of drinking during the pandemic. We we're, we've been fascinated with that a couple episodes and. That was interesting. Your take on drinking at the planetarium, trying to be creative with play. That's pretty. That was one of the most creative ones I've heard. Uh, did you Did you find like any other like, places like that where you had to? Uh, well, the that the city didn't the city didn't think the, of the big one is the Whole Foods because that's a power mm. move. Uh, you go in there, yeah. <laughs> you get that first of all. You got the mm -hmm. hot bar, so you don't need to leave. Right. I mean, you got. Yeah. It's basically, I mean, they should just turn that thing into a bar. Forget the groceries, you know. Just, uh, <laughs> just have. <laughs> I know, and it's like. They have some Whole Foods that actually have like draft yeah. beer now, mm -hmm. and and you can drink it. And what I always love about that 
like, as I think about, like, man, they don't have anyone here, like, who can actually throw a drunk out. Like, like if things get, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, if people start coming in here to, like, really tie I one mean, on, you know? <laughs> that's, did they still have Mariano's there, I take it? Right. When, yeah. when, yeah. I, when I just left Chicago, yeah. that's when Mariano's was just starting, and that's what I was thinking, like, Remember Nolan lived across from the way and just go over there and get like they had like a piano bar there. During yeah, it's kind of classy section. You know? you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is this could get dangerous. Like you were saying, like they are not prepared for the clientele that's going to. Definitely uh, like a certain age too, where you realize you're like, oh, it's about drinking now. It's not about the venue as much. Like, yeah, the venue is right, cool, yeah. but you're like, I'm going there to drink. So if I can do yes, that it kind efficiently. Of- Forget it. I'll do it at Whole Foods or Mariano's. You know, both. Let's do a it bar kind of brought. Yeah, I think it <laughs> kind of brought us back to our teenage teenage years. You know, like where it didn't didn't matter. Like the woods, whatever. As lo- wherever we can get the alcohol and be in a location, it didn't. I think you know, too. Like, what the pandemic made me realize too is like how much money you spend on alcohol at bars because like the markup mm-hmm. right that we just mm-hmm. accept is insane. So then you realize when you're drinking mm-hmm. that you know at home you're like oh I just have a bottle that I can just keep drinking for like. $30. Like it's so much cheaper than you yeah, know, that's like two drinks in downtown. So it's like every economist is like applauding you. And then every physician <laughs> is like, please don't do that. Yeah, you, you, you pay on the back end. Yeah. One, one doctor is happy. The professor is happy. The, the MD is not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't afford not to drink at home. All right. Well, let's get into that. Uh, amazing threesome story. Um, yeah, because, like, you know, I, I think that's so funny. Like, you and we were talking a little bit before we we started the interview, Vic, about how we all, like, you know, we all grew up with the Internet. We're CJ and I are older than you, but, like, we still grew up with the Internet. Like, like porn is, like, totally normalized yeah. now. And, like, there's certain situations that we have in our head, like, this would be awesome if it ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. But then we hear, like, w- what happens in practice <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, and, and so also, like, at that age, I was, like, I think I was – 21 or 22 so the it's so funny that i'm in my mind i'm like i can't even have sex with one woman well let's try two you know like that's the yeah but that's the what porn <laughs> does to you you think you you think you got it you know you're like i got all the moves i've been watching mm-hmm. it for years you know i i just what? i've never played but i've been on the bench for years you know i'm, I'm ready to go put me in i yeah i knew you were young in that story not even even when you're saying college but just when you said the fact that you had pizza at home and you were ready and you were ready, ready to eat pizza. Then you got the call for the threesome and then you chose the threesome yeah. because now when you get older, there's no, no. way that like, there's no way you're turning down pizza yeah. I mean, for any kind age, of hookup situation. Sometimes, like maybe I'm after. Sometimes I'll come home and now I have a girlfriend, but like sometimes I'll come home and when we were first dating, like it's like the plan is we get food then we come home, we'll eat mm-hmm. and then we will fall asleep. Like we won't even do anything. Yeah, like course. I'll be like, that's, mm-hmm. that Absolutely. takes priority. You know, that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's, there's no both. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I do. I do like that picture. I, that you, uh, I could definitely say that image of you guys sitting on the couch before it happened. The, the three of you, you're saying like a sitcom, but it almost looked like a movie poster. Yeah, like I really was, that's what I was telling women. Sean when we were doing the interview after the, the show too, because it's like, just the visual of that is so funny because you're, you're facing mm-hmm. forward. So it's like a weird, like, you're kind of like, it's, you, you look to one person and that's exactly how the threesome went too. It's like, who do I focus yeah. on? You know what, what's <laughs> happening here? And it was just wildly uncomfortable, but I do love how that one girl was just like, would you just fuck us already? Like she was just like, let's go, like let's let's speed this. Up. And in the most modern, and in the most modern way, texting you that while sitting so, like, next to you. Like goes to show the age, right? Like she's still like right. she wants to do this this 
the most intimate thing ever, but she's like, but I'll text it. I'm not going to say it, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's t- t- talking to someone, that's gross. Oh, yeah, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> so the queen bed. I like that part too because we were saying how it's not like a porn. So there's not not a lot of space to maneuver around. Well, it's also super awkward because I I was like I said most of it I was just laying flat next to them. So it wasn't like uh-huh. <laughs> it was just like and you really only have you're just staring straight up or you're like on your side, which is not a great just right. that look visually was also insane. I mean, there's just two people like glued together and then you're just you're just hanging out and you're just like. All right, like looking for an opening. Yeah, looking for an opening. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> looking for an opening. Second city. I was I like, look, I'm ready to yes and tag me in. Right. Uh, kind of like you're uh, right. You're, like you're ready to get in a jump rope or something. Like you know, they're doing a good double double dutch. You're like, okay, hold on, I jump it. <laughs> and then you get in there. You last three three rounds. You're like, damn it, I thought I had more. You know, I was really coordinated. Right. In practice, you, you get tripped up. Everything stops. The whole group. The whole crowd's disappointed. I think it's kind of hilarious that and I do. I, this is probably true in other countries, but I, I think it's kind of hilarious that our no one below the age of twenty, like four, has ever had sex in a good bed. No, <laughs> absolutely. Like you're just using right. a college dormitory yeah. bed, no headboard. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like half the time, there's somebody in the a bunk above you. you know? like, like just atrocious environments. Oh, if that happens, like. I'll cramp up quickly. I'm like, I need to, I need to have adequate <laughs> wingspan, like right. space. And yeah, you, you just would, you just can tolerate so much more when you're younger. Like you, everything, you're just, you're so, you're so focused on the goal of having sex that like all these other things totally. drop away. And especially when you're drinking already, your inhibitions are lower mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm drinking and I'm just trying to have this experience that I think is going to be great. And then it was just the, the worst part was sobering up throughout the whole thing. Cause like then my, you know, my like rationale started coming back, and I was like, "Oh, this is bad. Yeah. Like, I need to get out." You know, that is terrible. And it's a, and, like, and you even wrap it up with like, "I gotta you know clean up my life and stop drinking." Yeah. yeah. What what a weird what a weird rock bottom story having to. Uh, <laughs> well, that's why it's funny. You God know, forbid, get invited to a three way. That's a good looking man's rock bottom. Well, that's for sure. It's hilarious too because you know every comedian has every comedian has the three way bit right. Like when they start, it's like a right. very common yeah. like trope of like open micers everyone's like yeah you know it's like having it and then this is like that starts that way but then it's like oh this is just incredibly sad <laughs> like this this didn't, this didn't go well for anybody <laughs> we had a we had a comic who uh they just i thought of this right now speaking of sad like uh he uh he was actually i'm not going to name names but he was, he was he was part of the show and his girlfriend uh, was thinking about getting into stand up, and she's like, "Oh, I want to, I want to do uh, the Blackout Diaries." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll help you, I'll help you." And she tells this story about like a, a three way she had before <laughs> um, they got together, and uh, they broke up during Q and A. And he's like, like weeping hysterically. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell, dude? And he's like, Well, I just listened to her, and I'm like, Wait, I thought you were helping her uh, on the yeah. story. I see. And he's yeah. like, I was. I thought it'd be funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't he wasn't mad about the embarrassing of what actually happened in the story and how she delivered yeah. it. I just can't date you as a comic. Yeah, I can't yeah, date he's you like, with yeah, that right. delivery. This is my heart and your timing is yeah. yeah your timing is terrible. We worked on it. You obviously don't listen. I don't care that you got <laughs> We're over. Yeah, I don't care that you got in the yeah, train. Dude, that with, that uh, show is uh it's it's so funny because I mean, 
it, it, I was talking to Jonah beforehand that he's like, yeah, they're not really into standup. They they're here for the story. And I, I think there's something about, yeah. sure. I, I feel like the show is like a NASCAR race. Like you, you're watching the train wreck. Like you want to see someone hit a wall. <laughs> yeah. Like you really, you really want to see. And, it's guaranteed. Oh, but it brings out some, it's like everyone can relate. Cause everyone has such a, some, so many drunk stories and everyone's been like, you know, but then it's funny. Cause you like, for me, that, that drive home, I took this Uber back after that threesome and literally like, yep. you know, you just pour your heart out to an Uber driver. It's like, it's like a cab. You, you just like, that's what happens. And then you're, he literally, yeah. we get to my house and we're kind of stopped there. And he's like, I'll circle around the block. And he, he took another lap because he's like, oh, so you could yeah, keep talking to him. Like, more get more off your chest. Ready to get out yeah. yet, you know, that's hilarious. Uh, or he I don't to... need to see my next patient yeah. yet. I'll yeah. circle <laughs> around here. Or he wanted you to tell the story slower because when it comes down to it, <laughs> your your sad tale was you lying next to two women making out. <laughs> See, Vic, I, I feel that that it dates your story a little bit yeah. in that I feel that was the first generation of Uber drivers were great. They were yeah. like, like maybe former taxi drivers, like, hey, right. what's up, Mac? You mm-hmm. know, tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to you. I'm like a bartender. You, you know, bend my ear. Yeah, and you get the real now stuff. Now it's reversed. Now you get into a lift and the guy's like, do you want to know why Donald Trump is going to become our president? <laughs> and they just start like yeah. inundating you with their own theories. Right. And it's like, what the hell, dude? It's a horrible thing. the guy who's like, look, um, I got this business and uh, I need three more investors. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't, this is yeah. not what we're, I'm right. not, you're not going to make <laughs> deals wheeling and dealing, driving Uber. You know, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for angel investors. You know? This is just, I'm just doing this to meet people. Like, it's not my thing. Like I have the business. I'm just here to network, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but those days well, Vic, are... We, uh, Vic, we were talking about how, like, a lot of the stories are, like, disaster drinking. You've always struck me. I've known you for years. You always seem like you're you're a pretty uncontrolled drinker. Yeah. You know, like, uh... I mean, it's weird. Yeah, is that usually true, or does it sometimes get the better of you, or... For the most part, like, I think also just around comedy, I always treated comedy like... I came from, like, a corporate background, like, nine-to-five jobs. So when I started mm-hmm. comedy, I had that kind of structure in place. So I approached comedy like that. So I never... Like, I would only drink on, like, the weekend shows. Like, I wouldn't drink on, like, a Tuesday, which is, like, mm-hmm. you know, for comics, like, that's the better time to drink. It's cheaper, you know? It's, like, you just... Yeah. So, I, yeah. I kind of had that in place. So, I think to the masses, I appear put together. But then in my personal life, disaster. <laughs> you know, like, just... Yeah, that's that's what it is. But I also am very much, like, I'll get my shit done, finish the show, finish what I have to do, and then I'll go out. And usually I go out, and it's, like, separate from... You know, I still have some some crazy stories. But now at this age, it's, like... I don't want to ruin the next day. You know, it's like, I got to be in control. Like I'll still tie one on every now and then, but it's not to the level it was sure. in college it was every weekend, you know, every weekend going out. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. we well, can't stay at that level. I mean, the hangover, the hangover was killing get you. worse yeah, as you, you get older. They get the yeah. best of us. God, mate. I do like, the- I'm the, I'm kind of the opposite though, where my personal life totally ordered, you know, three <laughs> kids own a house, <laughs> corporate day job. You see me at a show, you're like, that guy is a disaster. Public disaster. Yeah, yeah, you're like, I'm going to do it in front of everybody. Just not my family. I'm a respectable gentleman. Yeah, Yeah, that is true, for better or worse. (laughs) That was the first time I saw your show at the Comedy Bar. And it's like, it's billed as, I think I forgot what they call like the Chicago show or something like that. Where Oh, yeah. yeah, But it was like, it was billed as like a drinking show too. And I get there and like, Mm -hmm. you were already like, four beers like you're just ordering beers like on stage and i was like oh he's this is like he's either method acting or he's just 
he he lives this life, you know. He really, he, yeah. No, he's he's about that life. He's that public disaster yeah. we were talking about. <laughs> that is the title. What did you know, real quick? I just want to know about that. That back to the threesome story. That they because you're saying you're sobering up while it happened. What did you, like making that decision? Like, okay, this is not going to happen. I'm not seeing a yeah. crevice to get in there. She, one's not into it. I don't even know if they remember. I don't know if they remember inviting me over. And then, and then you made that audible goodbye, like, Ahem, okay, yeah. well, I'm leaving now. Like, what, what, did something click? Did something happen? Yeah, like, it was, okay, this it was also the hours. moment where, like, the girl I knew who I, like, had been hooking right. up with left sure. the room. So then I'm in the right. room with a stranger who we don't, she doesn't, clearly what is not, I'm not, she's not interested in me. I'm just yeah. in this horribly awkward position. I haven't even talked in two, three minutes. And then she's just there with me. That was the moment where I was like, this is the awkwardness like sobered me up almost if that makes sense because it was so Mm -hmm. like palpably uncomfortable that i was like i need to get up and then but just also just collecting my clothes it was like a it was like a walk of shame to the door you know it was like just like holding my clothes and walking out (laughs) shuffling away it was so (laughs) and she sat and she sat like upright when you're when your friend went to the bathroom she sat upright "Eh, so what's your major things like that like (laughs) weather's crazy this time of year huh yeah i know Oh, it was, man. and then, and then you, you like you just had those moments of clarity too while drinking, right? Like you suddenly, sure, you'll you'll mm-hmm. have this like it, sometimes when you just just leave the bar and it's like that drive home or like that Uber home, and you're like, oh, like I'm suddenly at this epiphany or whatever. It was like one of those, but it was just a moment of like, yeah, you got to get your shit together. This is not what you should be doing. Like that pizza was mm-hmm. waiting for you at home. You should have stayed there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You learn your lesson. Never turn down pizza, no matter what is no matter was dangled in front of you by the sirens. That's the lesson we're leaving with the story. Yeah, <laughs> never trust. Never trust. Uh, don't put. Don't put. Uh, put food on a pedestal. Nothing else. You know. That's yeah. it. Don't put pie in front of pie. All right, Vic. Thank you for joining us. That was great. Now, uh, what else can we uh, see you in? Vic? Uh, you can tell, tell the tell the audience at home. See me performing all over Chicago. I work all the clubs here. I uh, also tour a fair amount. So just check me out on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook, at Vic Pondia. V-I-K-P-A-N-D-Y-A. Thanks, guys. Vic Pondia. Oh, thank you, Vic. Yeah, of course. Thank you. That was Hilarious awesome. Hilarious as always. We'll be right back at the Blackout Diaries. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. This is Sean Flannery with C.J. Sullivan. We are talking about drunken liaisons, missing signals, and all that. And, uh, C.J., I just think it's so funny. Like, you and I, we've mm-hmm. had uh, friends that uh, have done this. You know, our, our wives have had friends that it does it. And I love that <laughs> drunken hookups, what I absolutely love about them is they bring together people that would never really normally spend time together. Not, not even spend a moment together. Right. <laughs> are now going home together. You know, like huge huge gaps in age, like I mean, 20, 30 years gaps in age, gaps in income. Amazing bridges occur between when alcohol gets involved in between hookups. I even, Sean, went, went further personally. If we want to bring personal stories, um, I, t- I took some miss, uh, miss signs and uh, made a move. Well, that's interesting, because you're not, you know... Not no. much of a cad when you're out drinking, you know. No, 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 no. And we're both both of us are kind of in the same boat that way. You yeah. famously, of course, one time I remember when it was me, you, and the and the the, 
and our our legend, late Pat Bryce. We were at a, we were at a bar out here in Los Angeles. I remember when he pointed. There was a girl dancing <laughs> under the floor, and she and she and he Pat pointed out. I want to know who's going to take home that. And you're like, I, and you go, yeah, you're right. And you thought you thought he was pointing to a half drinking a beer, like a <laughs> like a like a wounded soldier. Like who's going to bring that home? And you went and like slyly gathered, so, which I, turned out to be the bouncer's bar beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Pat thought I was talking about the woman. Yeah. Like, oh wow, Flannery's uh Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It never even comes across her mind. But I did um uh, at one point. It wasn't with a woman per se. It was it was a uh it was I was outside the bar. I thought I was going maybe probably waiting to hail a cab home. We were at the drop, I believe, and uh Nolan, our friend owner of the go away was told to uh you better go outside and check on your buddy. He is outside making love to a tree right now. <laughs> and there I was. He couldn't believe it. I go outside, and there I was, standing up, unconscious, literally humping a tree. And everyone's laughing, of course, taking pictures first before, before someone crowbarred me out of there, I guess. <laughs> I love that. That's such a drinking line. And everyone's laughing, of course. <laughs> like, no one's actually right. helping me understand that I'm passed out, hallucinating. Yeah. Unconscious. I guess I thought I was asleep. I don't know. Maybe I thought the tree made a move on me. But anyone could, yeah, anyone could hug a tree, Sean. I was uh, taking a step further and humping trees out there. I'm really there for the environment. We don't know, I, you know. That might have been a male or female tree. Very hard to, you know. You might Trees have are been more yeah. open-minded than you realize. Absolutely, I was ahead of my time. Forget gender fluidity, sexual fluidity. I'm uh, phylum fluidity. <laughs> phylum fluid. I'm gonna put that in my Twitter bio. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you see it like, uh, you know, sometimes uh, happening at like the end of the bar or like at weddings. Mm-hmm. You see it a lot. You you often see it at weddings. Yeah, like yep. I always love it when when women feel that like one of the bridesmaids is hooking up with one of the groomsmen that they feel yes. she can do a lot better than. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you, you can sense that because of how many times they ask her when she says, oh, I'm going to go home with him. Are you okay? Are you sure? <laughs> like if, like, if you get more than five of those, like, like the girlfriends right. clearly think this is a bad idea. You know? <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of, do you want to quit this app? Are you sure? Do you want to exit? Kind of <laughs> his situation. Pat once told uh, this is actually Pat's story too, but uh, he was at his cousin's wedding. I don't know if he ever told you this story, but that was happening to uh, mm-hmm. uh, like like his cousin was like kind of a dirt bag, right? Actually, I think it was actually a drinking buddy. It wasn't his cousin, but um, and he's hooking up with one of the bridesmaids, and like they don't want this to happen. Like her whole crew, like yes. really thinks that she can do better than this guy. <laughs> And that ends up like turning her on even more, you know, because mm-hmm. she's drunk. And so I guess she walks up to him and she's like, so you're the bad boy, huh? <laughs> and he goes, he has like zero game. He goes, I'm a terrible fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, she wants him to say like, oh, yeah, I ride a motorcycle, yeah, you right. know, leather I, I jacket. Beat to my own drum, you know, not, I'm a, I'm a fucking atrocious human being. <laughs> she went home with him. <laughs> well, weddings are a whole different ballgame. That's just yes. like, a, I mean, you feel like you have the pick, of, uh, the pick of the litter and everyone's there for the same, or everyone's in that same mode, you know. I remember people were like, need a ride home? Need a ride home. Look at this dance floor. I'll find a plug. Yeah. Tell me I can't find, I don't need a hotel room tonight. Look at this. <laughs> 
Well, and that's why the last shuttle leaving a wedding is, is like when a government collapses and they got to get all <laughs> citizens out of out of a, like a city before the bombs start falling. Like that last shuttle is 50 people who thought they could get a ride home or hook up with somebody. Right. You know? <laughs> Cuz you do, you miss a lot of signals and then, you know, yep. the DJ's going last song and it's, you know, one of those terrible last songs like you can't what's that one song like last call or Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh Closing time. Closing time, time. You know, whatever. it's some song that's really mm-hmm. sending you as many signals as possible. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's time to leave. Right. I mean, that, that's funny. Bars literally have to ring bells <laughs> and blow I, hordes. I, All right. Yeah, turn on lights. Yeah. yeah ding, this, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> like an air raid siren. Yeah, this is it. Close the deal. Wrap this up. Get this out of here. That's why they said a lot. You don't have to go home. Bring whatever you got to do to get home. But you do have to leave here. Do have to leave here. And we we do miss signals. Vic talked about that. We've been talking about it. And mm-hmm. it's it's great why it happens. We'll we'll talk uh, a little bit about uh, the science. And, and what I found interesting about the science of beer goggles is it's sort of been known and explored for for a very long time. Yeah. Like in the in the ancient world, um, the Greek poet Ovid like wrote about it. And he had a he had a famous line that is wine prepares the heart for love, unless you take too much, which I think is great because it's <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's the first joke about not only beer goggles but whiskey dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, like they've done studies on this, and it, it's it's kind of crazy. So a we'll talk about a couple things here, but a every study has shown that drinking is highly correlated to one night stands. Yeah. So like the, the long and the short of it is there's no such thing as beer goggles. You you do not see a human being differently when you are drunk. Like it okay. does not change how your eyes perceive the physical world. You still see them as the same attraction? Yeah. You like still see them as the same, same, same attraction. It doesn't mean when you wake up the next morning you're going to be like great decision. Right. Okay. But sure. The way they look in the morning is the same way they looked at night. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see them with the same attraction. But uh, like it does increase like sexual appetite, and they see this with other animals too, which I, I think is hilarious. They did a study on fruit flies, okay. and you know fruit flies can sometimes end up getting drunk because they drink fermented fruit. Yeah, and yeah. Right. The, the drunk fruit flies actually have more sex. <laughs> I believe that, <laughs> which I find hilarious. And they, like, but they wake up with a lot more regret. Like, oh. <laughs> Jesus, oh, Jesus. why do I do this to myself? That, that Just go from banana to banana. Yeah. I was with a wasp last night for crying out loud. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't even know I was into that. Um, <laughs> In these studies uh, that they've done on beer goggles, so uh, they did conclude largely that beer goggles don't exist. And there's a couple ways that they're – that they explain or they have hypotheses on why we think they exist. Okay. So one is you just like your libido does seem to increase. Like you want to have more sex when you sure. Drunk. I can see that. Two is um, and this is like one of the more interesting aspects. Uh, originally they thought when you become drunk that uh, you do see more beauty in the world, but then they found that that's not true, and then what actually ends up happening is you become more confident, and you think you're better looking. So you end up, oh. like, initiating conversations that you wouldn't normally have the confidence for. Okay. But what, go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. What's interesting about that is the the, uh, the way you rate yourself when you're drunk 
is actually more in line with how other people would normally rate you. In other mm-hmm. words, it's like it's like you're finally self-evaluating at least your your physical self more accurately. Interesting. So, right, that's why uh <laughs> So so your percep the perception that people have of you. You 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 of course think terrible of yourself, but then yes. you're right, then you so you're not yes. exactly so you're not exactly wrong when you're drunk is what you're trying to say. Exactly. You know, so you know how people all the time are telling you when you're like, "Oh, Jesus Christ," and you're sober. I look terrible. Yeah, like like right. what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You, you know, I look and people are like, "No, you look fine. You you look yeah. good." And you think they're lying to you? Right. <laughs> well, when and maybe you know, maybe in some cases they are, but like what what this study is showing is what like when you get drunk and you you start to see yourself the way they were talking about you that, you know, you're now finally seeing yourself the way everyone sees you. Yeah, that's why when, when, when women say they like confidence the most, but they don't like belligerence. <laughs> and that's the fine line. Yeah, that's, that's what and every one of these at. studies, they're pretty funny. They're like, yeah, can really help. Romance can nah. really. Very important, though, within moderation. <laughs> I was reading a study where they had, uh, they wanted to just to see, uh, they put people together, had them a few drinks and some with placebos, just to, and have them strangers talking. And they wanted to determine if they thought the other person was flirting with them, basically. You know? Oh, okay. And then, uh, the and for the people that were drinking, the guys, it was about 98% said, oh, yeah, she was definitely, <laughs> she, there was definitely vibes going she, on. She wants to jump me. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then in sober, like like 30% of the women were like, no, nah, I thought they were just, we were just <laughs> talking, right? I mean, wasn't that the whole idea? <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, I see that all the time. At, at, uh, and the older you get as a man, the more this happens with your boys is, mm-hmm. um, like, they'll order around. And they'll come back, like, do you see that bartender? That hot bartender? <laughs> totally flirting with me. I'm like, right. she's not. <laughs> okay. All right, Rob, she's not flirting with you. That's how she does her job. All right. Yeah. She has to, she has to uh, like, like present happiness and, and fun <laughs> to every customer. I don't know. That lady at the drive-thru said, sweetie, when she uh, handed me that bag. <laughs> let's, let's circle back. It's like, will you look at the rest of this bar? She could go home with any one of the 22-year-old men in here. <laughs> She's 22. Why is she flirting with us? You know, like <laughs> that's a fantastic story. The confidence yeah. must be kind of amazing, though, to just think everyone's flirting with you, right? To just and, go through life like that, you know? Yeah, just basically, there's regular interactions. I know, and it's funny, like you were saying about the age difference too. Because I mean, we had a friend who. Uh, she uh, hooked up or was flirting with a 70-year-old or something like that. <laughs> Is this a mutual friend? If it's a mutual friend, I know uh, at least one story where this did happen at a wedding, but go ahead. Yeah, no, what's your wedding story? I like Well, I, I, I mean, I, I wasn't there, so I don't have all the details, but it was a wedding in Ireland where he ended up mm-hmm. hooking up with the, uh, the grandma of the bride's friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like a huge age gap. And in fact, if I th- I think if I remember right, the grandma of so the, the woman he hooked up with was just like bunking with like one of her granddaughters. You right. Know, just like oh, we'll just share a room. And she like went up and she's like to the granddaughter, you're going to need to find your own room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like a, like a 30 year age gap is awesome. And the situation, too. And, and what's fun, too, is like we um, not only just misreading the room, we're going to get into this story that we're going to play a little bit. Um Sometimes both partners, you know, they can be drunk, whatever, and like you know, like you said, their libido increases, and they're going to hook up. But they hook up and just 
terrible locations. Oh yeah. Think that, oh yeah. Like that situation. I was thinking with my buddy and like they're, you know, uh, our friend actually did that with the seventy-year-old. They were hooking up like in the coat rack room, like in the middle of the day of this like, it's <laughs> like restaurant. It wasn't like whatever. And then finally, she uh, he would call her later, and she she said, "Leave my lose my number, toots." <laughs> lose <laughs> my number, toots. <laughs> like we made a huge mistake. That would be a great like Blackout Diaries future podcast for like bartenders to call in. Like what? Give us some of the rooms you've kicked customers out of when yes. you caught them having sex. The location, you know? right. Because <laughs> you'll be like, I didn't even know we had that little nook and crevice <laughs> over there <laughs> until I found these two people fucking inside it. You know? It is amazing when people think that they got the green light. Okay, where can we? <laughs> we, have some... we have a little bit of privacy over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me lay my coat down over this. <laughs> my lady, <laughs> you are. <laughs> Well, anyway. we do have uh, one more story. Um, yeah, let's the, get into this one. This is a pretty good one. This is a great one. This is about a lot of mixed signals. Uh, this is a, a lot of times at the Blackout Diaries, we will ask audience members to get up and tell a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we often say that the Blackout Diaries is like a reverse AA meeting. Everyone <laughs> is welcome to speak, and everyone is well supported there. <laughs> and uh, this is an old story um, from a woman that we're only going to call Mary, who got up, and um, she worked in the theater industry, and told this hilarious story about coming home for the holidays, having yep. a little too many, and then missing many signals as she hooked up with an old friend. Many social ones. Let's listen to Mary on the Blackout Diaries. Um, so this is called uh, The Ghost of Christmas Passed Out. Um, I, uh, I'm from Maryland, and I uh, moved to Chicago like seven years ago, six years ago. So this was my first Christmas home after moving to Chicago. It was uh, Christmas of 2007. And every year on Christmas Eve, I go to my best friend Martha's house on Christmas Eve and help her set up this huge Christmas party while her mother and father are at church watching the nativity play. And when the nativity play is over, everybody comes back to the house and we have it all prepared and it's very magical to them. Um, So, you know... Everybody who comes to this party are pretty important people in the community, um, politicians and and pastors and teachers and everything. So, you know, you kind of have to be on your good behavior. I was not that night. So uh, we get this party started and um, and uh, everybody's coming in and in walks this guy, Jeff McElvain. Jeff McElvain and I went to high school together and I hadn't seen him in like seven years. And uh, when we went to high school, he used to wear... uh, like crazy ties and shorts and no coat in the winter and uh, we were in a poetry group together after school that we just ran ourselves called Diversion of Company so suffice it to say we were pretty awful back then and uh, and so he walks in the door and he looks completely normal and like very good looking and muscular <laughs> and handsome um, and we start talking and I told him that uh, you know, he, he told me that he's rebuilding homes for Hurricane Katrina. So he's, like, doing good things with his life. Um, and I had been living in Chicago for all of three months, so I thought I was Carrie goddamn Bradshaw. So I decided to take back two and a half bottles of wine while he told me about Hurricane Katrina for two hours. Um, and then the next series of events I'm going to tell in sort of snapshots because that's how my memory works. 
So the next thing I know, we're making out on the couch. Then I open my eyes to realize there's other people in the room, including the mayor, who's also sitting on the couch. Um, and then I open my eyes to us smoking around the corner with no shoes or coats on. And then I open my eyes and I'm sitting in the passenger seat of my father's car, making out in a parking lot uh, at the college like six blocks away. And I, I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I have to stop for a second. Opened the door and vomited out the side of the car. Um, and I shut the door and I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And he's like, it's okay. And he hands me a bottle of water. Where did it come from? I have no idea. A piece of gum and then continues making out with me. It was the grossest thing ever. Um, so then I opened my eyes again and I'm on the driver's side of the car making out and I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I opened the door and vomited again. So at this point in the evening, I decided probably should call it a night. So, uh, so I was like, I clearly can't drive. Um, I don't know how we got here in the first place. And he was like, no, I'm cool. I'm not drunk. And I was like, all right, that's weird. <laughs> so he decides to drive us back to my parents' house, which is, to be fair, two blocks away. So we drive back to my parents' house, and he was like, I'll just text my brother to come and pick me up. And I said, well, I'll wait here until he gets here. So we both fall asleep for about two hours in my driveway. And then his, uh, his brother never comes. So he's like, listen, I'm fine to drive. Why don't we drive back to my house? You can sleep it off for a few hours. And, um, and then drive back, you know, in the morning. And I should remind you, it's Christmas morning. So, um, so I was like, yeah, sounds good. So we go back to his house. I'm like crawling through his house. He's like, we'll just go to the guest room. So I'm crawling through his house and I hear, is that Mary at Rose O'Connor? And I look up with my high heels in my teeth. And I'm just like, Merry Christmas, Mrs. McElveen. It's his mother. And um, she's like, you just make yourself at home. I have no idea what's going on. And so I was like, okay. So I just start crawling backwards to the stairs. So we get down to the basement and have pretty good sex, I guess. I don't know. Um, I wake up an hour and a half later, um, and it's daylight, and it's Christmas Day. And I can't find my underwear, and I can't find anything, so I just put on what clothes I can find, go out to my car, and drive back to my parents' house. Um, but I had to stop at the gas station on the way to squeegee the vomit off the sides of my father's car. So I get into my house, crawl up the stairs, like get into my room, throw on my pajamas, and then realize that there's a pile of presents on my uh, bed unwrapped with a note that says, Mary, can you wrap these? You know I can't. Love, Dad. So I have to wrap these presents for my mother. Um, and my dad walks in and goes, you're up early. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I just, I, I set my alarm so I could wrap these presents. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I saw the car parked in the driveway at like three in the morning. What time did you get home? And I was like, like two. And then I, I, I just take a nap on the presents. And then he knocks on my door again and goes, um, hey, Mary, some lady just stopped by to uh, give me your purse. And I was like, oh, did I leave it at Martha's? He goes, I don't know. It was 10 miles away on the other side of town. And I was like, oh, okay. That's really weird. I wonder what happened to it. And no answer. And he's like, I don't know, but uh, put your clothes on because we're going to mass. And I was like, okay. So he, uh, he leaves. We 
my sister just pokes her head in about a minute later and goes, you little liar, and walks out. <laughs> and we get to the, uh, we get to mass, and in, in my family, like, we fight all the time, but the one thing we can agree on is um, act like an asshole when you get to the church. So my dad, every time we go to mass, even though we're all in our 30s and now 40s, he makes us sit in separate parts of the church so that we can't talk to each other and make eye contact. So he gets us in there. We're late to mass, as always, and he like, he's like, Amanda and Kevin, who are my sister and brother-in-law, you sit over there. Laura, you're sitting with me. Mikey and Mary, you have to sit together, but you better not do anything. And I was like, all right. So we're sitting in mass. My brother's like pointing at my neck because I'm clearly covered in hickeys. And uh, we, we're sitting there, and the woman who's doing the homily thing is telling the, like, and then the angel of the Lord came upon us and the whole Jesus story and, and the, it's over and everybody says, you know, Lord, hear our prayer and we're sitting in silence and then my brother just looks at me and as loud as he can says, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> and then my father just snaps his fingers at each of us, insisting that we march out of the church. And... Um, and I will tell you that every every Christmas, that guilt haunts me. And, uh, and I haven't been back to a party at Martha's house since. So uh, thanks so much. All right. That was Mary with a hilarious missed sign cue story <laughs> of church and vomit and cabs and, and, and family. I, I love the move. Only happens mm. when you're drunk hooking up. Where you're like vomiting, not a deal breaker. Nah, just a <laughs> bump in the road. I mean, just, <laughs> you know, I, maybe I could still kiss. We could try. If not, there's right. other parts of the body we can work on. You know, like this is not a deal breaker. Yeah, there's worse fluids coming in and out of mouths. I mean, we don't do, uh, all of a sudden we have to get high and snooty about that. But that was hey, it was great. good enough for me to drink too. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, we want to thank Vic Brandy. That was a, uh, for his uh, hilarious yes. story and for doing the interview and for all the miscues and the drunk science. I am uh, C.J. Sullivan. That is Sean Flannery. Don't forget the live Blackout Diary show every Friday night in Chicago at the Lincoln Lodge Theater. At the Lincoln Lodge. Make sure to buy tickets in advance. We have been selling out. Um, maybe with the summer you might be able to do walk-ups. But, uh, yeah, you should get your tickets in advance because they've been going fast. Yep, and uh, you can uh, follow me on Instagram. CJ Sullivan was taking a bunch of underscores in there. Um, Sean, tell him about. I just got, I just got your copy of your book, by the way. You mailed me. Oh, thank you for that. I got a. Oh, of course. One of the original, only ten hard copies of the book. Is that was that was that something like that? I think there's only been five printed so far. Five printed. Wow. So you have one of uh, the first uh, five. So if the mm -hmm. book becomes successful, then I don't know. Maybe that'll be worth money. Who knows? And, and uh, the book, of course, places you can't return to. As long as this. Yep, uh, that should be coming out this spring. Uh, so look for that. Um, a bunch of funny wait. drinking stories and uh, some other funny stuff. I like to say, if it becomes successful, because I already like how your your game plans for it to not be successful, but <laughs> it is an excuse for you to go around and do a tour with it. <laughs> <laughs> I've just said no, but it's already amazing. But anyway. Oh, uh, thank you, buddy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's my, uh, I, I think it'd be kind of funny to do a book tour that only happens at dive bars. I don't know if that's ever yeah, that's ever true. been done. Like, like not a comedian selling mm -hmm. books. Like right. this is an author on tour <laughs> at dive bars <laughs> who happens to put on a live show. 
It, not a reading. I don't. I don't like when they do readings of the. No, God, no, either. no. I'm not going to do a reading. The, that's the worst. Yeah. Anyway, so right. well, uh, look out for that in the spring, and uh, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.